Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics, 40K Codex Analysis, List Building, Strategy Development, Game Theory, Mentoring. Our mission, to help you become a better player and to raise the level of the game both on and off the tabletop. Here's your host, Stephen Box. Hey guys, and welcome back to a very special podcast and video cast if you're watching this live. So, sound and vision. We've got it all today. And why is this so special, Joe? It's super special because we are going to be talking about this bad boy, the new Drakari Codex. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am very excited for this release and it's been a fantastic um, just sort of experience getting the repetitions in yeah. with this book um, and it's been just just incredible, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, there's been something really special about this Codex release because like, obviously Codexes have come and gone in the past and we've been as normal people like receiving them, but like being part of the playtesting team, receiving it early, getting those reps in yeah. before it's like on general release yeah. really gives it a bit of pomp and ceremony for us. Yeah, and obviously it's not only a huge privilege and an honour, but also it means that we can give you guys the best information possible. Yeah. And obviously we've had probably 30 repetitions in with this book so far. Easily. So we've, we're looking at this from a really well-rounded viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Now on today's show, obviously we're going to be going over some of the core concepts that you need to know when it comes to the Drakari Codex. Yeah. This is going to be an awesome podcast for anybody that's interested in playing Drakari you know, maybe picking it up as a new army. Maybe if you're already a current Drakari player and you want to find out what's new, what's different, what's changed, what's good, what's not. Yep. And also, finally, what you need to do when you're coming up against Drakari. Maybe some of those important questions that you need to be asking. Yep. Maybe some of those things that you need to be watching out for. Yeah, because as a new Codex release, there tends to be a massive influx of new players. So, like being able to deal with them when they come to the table is going to be just as important as learning to play with it itself. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's so much that's really changed, hasn't it? Oh, it's, I wouldn't say it's an entirely new rule set, but the, the changes that have happened, like just changed the playstyle of the army entirely. Massively. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a huge influx of new players. Yeah. So I really hope you get so much from this episode. Um, yeah. I'm really excited to talk about it. You're really excited to talk about it. Yeah. And we're going to go through our normal, regular, competitive 40K format, where we're going to be covering all the top combinations. We're going to give you the highlights, the lowlights, and also some of that practical application as well at the end. Yeah. Now, one thing that I want to talk about, first of all, is that if you haven't watched it already, we have a battle report with the new Drakari Codex versus the Ultramarines. So you can check that out over on YouTube. It's incredible. It's, it's probably one of the best we've done. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, we really took production value up to that next level. So yeah. hopefully you enjoy that. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think. We've also got a full army army review. Yep. We've also got how to deploy the Drakari. Yeah. All, all those content, we're making it free and on YouTube. Normally that is the content that we put on Vanguard Tactics TV, but it is going to be completely free for you guys. And then we've also got this week, we've got an open Q&A with you and me, Joe. Yep. So if people want to get their questions answered, they can just head on to YouTube and uh, get their questions answered uh, for when we go live this week. And that will be on Monday. Yep. We've got on the Tuesday of this recording. We've also got um, the live stream game where you're going to be playing... I'm going to be running pure witch cult. 
in theme of the new Piety and Pain box set. And also that's because of the um, Book of Rust that's also come out. Yeah, the, the Warzone Charadon. Yep. Yep. So you're going to be running some Cult of Strife? Cult of Strife, yeah. So everything, like I'm going to be trying to use the new strats and try and get some of the new relics in there and, and kind of put that book through its paces. And on next week's show, we're going to be reviewing the or that book itself in a bit more yeah. detail. So some of the armies are renowned and all that good stuff. So that's next week and how you can start to incorporate that into your army. And then we've also got whole stream weekend versus Drakari. And that's going to be on yeah. the Saturday. Yeah. And that's Saturday the 27th. So when you guys are getting your codexes, then, you know, you can tune into Vanguard Tactics all day long and we're going to be streaming all day. So it'll be me, Joe, Ben, and also Jack. Yep. And then on the Sunday, we've got a free masterclass. And now this masterclass is going to be talking about the four different ways to play Drakari. So if you really want to know how to master Drakari, then that masterclass with myself and Joe is going to be crucial. It's completely free. And to sign up for that masterclass to get your seat is going to be over on our blog page. So, and also the website, uh, but it's four o'clock Greenwich Mean Time on Sunday, the 28th. Uh, you can sign up for that. Yeah. And obviously, if you're an academy student um, or if you become academy student, even if you're listening back to this later on, then you can get access to that as well. Even if uh, that's expired, that live showing, we put all of those masterclasses into the academy is some additional content. Yeah. Right. That's all the uh, the guff out of the way. Yeah. You're going to be sick of Drakari by the end of next week. Aren't We've you? got eight days of Drakari, Drakari, yeah. Drakari. Um, I'm sick of the word already. Yeah. But anyway, Joe, um, now remember, we've got an hour for this show. Okay. Mm-hmm. No waffling on. No waffle. Yeah. All right. Um, this is the bit I'm worried about. Yeah. Why Drakari for you, Joe? To keep it simple. Okay. Um, just, I love the models. That they're incredible. Yeah. Like the um, the Scourges, what drew me to the army in the first place. And they're a real kind of like technical army. They're, they're really difficult to play. So when, when you've got them on the table, it's a glass hammer army. And any mistakes, it's game over. Yeah. So when you do win, it's a really rewarding list to play with. Yeah. So it's really finesse, isn't it? Yeah. It, any any mistake is punished, but the damage output of mm-hmm. this list is is huge. So so the moment your opponent makes any mistakes, you just on them. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, the Drakari, like like we said, there's four ways to play Drakari. Yeah. And um, it does, there are literally four different armies in this book or archetypes in this book. So it's huge variety and diversity amongst it. Um, So I think that's absolutely incredible. Because unlike Space Marines, where it's just one chapter, one detachment kind of thing, Drakari's three factions in one book, essentially. And Games Works have done a really good job of making all three work together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they've kind of maybe lacked before yeah. is that ability, but now it really comes together. And some of those maybe frustrations that have been in previous codexes yeah. um, aren't in this one. And it is superb. And I would probably say this is in the right hands, one of the most cutting edge codexes out there. Easily. Like I think like all the top players in the ITC, like they can pick up this book and just just consistently win all the time. 
Yeah, there's going to be a very high win rate, I think, with this army in the right hands. Mm. And I think for those players that are picking it up for the first time, um, it's going to take a lot of repetitions. Like you've really come on with this book um, in those repetitions. And obviously Joe had a huge amount of experience with Drakari, had some great, you know, tournament wins and also, um, you know, some really good placings with, you know, in those tournaments as well. Um, so he's already had such a great experience with Drakari anyway. Obviously, I'm sick of playing Joe and his Drakari. So I'm actually looking at this from a slightly different viewpoint of, I know how the army functions because I'm up against it literally every week. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, and we can give you a really well-rounded perspective. Like I took Drakari to the LGT, yeah. I think two, three years ago, uh, when I was very fortunate to play... Um, Jeff Robinson at the time. We had an awesome game and became very good friends. So uh, I remember that with, you know, a huge, you know, part of my heart there. Um, Drakari really means something to me as well. So yeah, it's going to be, I think, a really good podcast. So let's get into it, Joe. What do people need to play Drakari? What is the core concepts or books that people are going to need to get if they want to play Drakari? So simply put, if you want to go from the basics, just this book is all you need. If you want to kind of delve into the witch cults of and like, Joe's holding up, remember that Joe's the podcast. People will be audio only. This is I the, am holding up the book, the Jakari uh, Codex. Codex. Like I forget because we've got a camera in front of us. So you just need the Jakari Codex to start off with. And if you kind of want to expand on that, if you want to go down the cult of strife witch line, um, you can pick up the the book of rust, yeah. which um, is a really good one. Um, and you can pick up the Forgewell compendium if you want to pick up the Tantalus or the Reaper, but they're not essential. No. The great thing about the army as it is at the moment is you just need the, the codex. codex. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, some people said, oh, why, you know, why is this cult of strife come out in the supplement or whatever? We don't, you don't have to play it. No. But it's for it's like saying why don't we have the ultramarine supplement inside the space marine codex? Yeah. Well, if you want to play ultramarines, it's just the additional supplement. Yeah. Um, so if you want to play cult of strife in in there's a few extra stratagems and bits and bobs like that. Yep. Great, it'll add a bit more flavour to the army. You know, if you're a you know particularly more narrative based player, um, there's loads of you know stuff in there that you can really get your teeth stuck into, which is great. Okay, that's great. So. In terms of then Drakari, Joe, what is the thing that makes Drakari really unique yeah. from all the other factions in terms of its rule set? So yeah. you've got the what's you've, your kind of you've got so you've got a specialist kind of detachment, okay, uh, which we'll go, go from. So like everyone else, you have access to patrols, battalions, everything like that. But you've got the real space raiders detachment, and this now. is completely new, isn't it? Yeah. So previously we had the um, the three patrols one. So if you took three patrols. They're all free, yeah. essentially. You got all the points refunded and then you could run the separate yeah. cabals, covens in those. Now we've got the single detachment, so it is restricted, three HQs, three troops. Like a it. battalion. Like a battalion, yeah. But the restrictions on it are you have to take one Archon, one Succubus, one Homunculus, okay. one unit of racks, one unit of Cabalites, and one unit of Witches. Okay. And what... What this does is the Archon has to be your Warlord, but he gives all core units reroll ones now. Right. Yeah, which is... Reroll ones to hit. Reroll ones to hit. Okay, so this is completely different. So now the Archon now is going to give rerolls to everything in that book with the core keyword. Yeah. In 
If I'm right, that's most of the infantry-based models? Yeah, so it's mostly infantry-based models. Um, all of the, what used to be mercenaries, now they're called Blades for Hire. So the Scourges, the Incubi, the Mandrakes, those are all going to be benefiting from the Archon's rerolls now. And that was something that was a massive gripe of mine before, yeah. that those Scourges wouldn't get those reroll ones to hit, but now they do, which yeah. is absolutely awesome. Okay, cool. So that's, in a nutshell, the benefits. Yeah. What else? And obviously you can still take, you know, pure witches, yeah. pure cabalites or cabals yeah. or pure covens mm -hmm. in their own sort of whatever force mm -hmm. org you want to play. Um, so that's, you know, your, your four different ways to play, which yeah. we'll cover on a lot more detail on that masterclass is either the combined arms of all of it yeah. um, or the witches, cabal or pure coven. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Love that. So what else do Drakari get for if you stay as a pure Drakari army, what are you gonna get as a Drakari player? You get power from pain. Okay, so this has changed, right? This is this has had a, like a massive change, really. So before uh you you could take a mixed attachments of any Eldari and they'd they'd keep power from pain. Now it's like their their army bonus if you stay just all Drakari models. Yeah. Um, and that's not just in the single detachment, that's across the whole army. So if you take any Craftworld Eldar or Yunari or Harlequins, they lose Power From Pain. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So the, the Power From Pain now has changed. So turn one, your entire army, and this now includes vehicles as well, gets a six plus invulnerable. So vehicles now get Powers From Pain? Yeah. Okay. Before, like if you went um, Blackheart, you'd get the first level, but now all vehicles get it all the time, cool. all levels of it. Nice. So, so turn one, your entire army gets a six plus invulnerable save, which is massive because things like Cabalite Warriors never had them. It's a really good boost for Incubi as yeah. well. And turn two, um, and this is the biggest change and the most important change, is the entire army gets advance and charge. Huge. In yeah. Advance and charge is literally one of the best rules in the game. Oh, yeah. um, some of the strongest aspects of um, any game mechanic is when it can play outside the regular rule set. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, normally, you can't advance and charge. So as soon as that opens up that potential, mm -hmm. it massively increases this army's threat range, uh, which really allows this army to deliver a massive punch turn yeah. two, turn three, and onwards. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the most incredible and most powerful things about this army for sure. Oh, massive. Okay, so what happens turn three? Turn three, you get plus one to hit in combat. Nice. Which is really good. So obviously the majority of the army hits on threes, it's now hitting on twos. And if you're a transport or a if you're a vehicle or a monster, uh, you don't suffer the negative modifier for shooting into combat. Okay. Yeah, so those Talos, which are going to be going into combat anyway, before they'd be hitting on fives with their shooting abilities. Now because of big guns never because tire. Because of big guns never tire. Yeah. Now we're hitting on on fours again. And because they're they're now core, they're getting benefits from the Archon if you take the if you take the real space raiders detachment. So nice. It's okay. really good, really okay. powerful. Turn four. Turn four, your six plus invulnerable save now is a five plus invulnerable save. Very nice. Yeah. Turn five? Turn five is your entire army is basically fearless. Okay. So you, you do not take leadership tests tests, which is really important in the late game because that's if you're going second, you want that's when you'll be scoring big. If your opponent puts some hurt on you, you don't want your models running away. No, so absolutely. St they're sticking around. So that's what you get for staying pure Drakari. Very yeah. nice. And then obviously in this book you're gonna find all of the different cabals. Yeah. You're gonna find all of the different witch cults and then also you're gonna find all of the different covens. And yeah. then you've got custom cabals, custom witch cults and yeah. custom covens as well. So we're gonna go over some of your top picks now. Yep. We'll 
briefly go over them. Yeah. And then what we'll do is sort of dive into some of the top stratagems, warlord yeah. traits, relics, some of the top units as well. Yeah. And then some of the different ways and combinations that you can go into this. And obviously, if you want to see Joe's army on the tabletop, you've got that battle report. And then Joe's full army review will go into in detail about how these all, all these units work together. Yeah. Okay, so let's go first for the Cabals, first yeah. of all. So... I'm sticking with my 8th edition style of um, the Capal of the Black Heart. Okay. Now, I'm, just quickly, yeah. if you've gone for a mixed attachment yeah. where you've got, um, you know, some Cabals in this, you've got your Witches and yeah. your Covens, I'm, am I right by assuming that you just designate all the Cabalites and Cabals and everything that can have a Cabal, yeah. you designate it to the same one? Is that right? Yeah. So you can have um, Cabalite Warriors, the Archon, and then you can have... Uh, all your transports and all of your your ravagers be cabal, yeah, which is really good. Um, and then obviously all the witches get their bonus from from their cults, and the same for the homunculus covens. Yeah, and with cabals, they're typically rocking with poison weapons. Yeah, have they stayed the same? Poison weapons have stayed the same. So yeah. basically, their armor, um, or sorry, their what they're armed with is essentially a four plus. Yeah. Um, you, know, you wound on a four plus, yeah. don't you? With most of your weapons, unless it's a vehicle or a Titanic, but that's about it, really. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Blackheart, um, now you get one free reroll to hit, which is really, really solid. Makes your like vehicles a lot more reliable. Uh, you count the turn as one higher than what it is for the purposes of power from pain. Yeah, and if you are the real space raiders attachment, that also counts for your your blades for hire as well. So incubi, scourges, mandrakes all count as being one hire. So it means that mandrakes and incubi are advancing and charging turn one. Okay, nice. Yeah. Really and, good. And one minor benefit for that, you get plus one leadership as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. So the warlord trait for them? Uh, you have the labyrinthine cunning okay. warlord trait. Um, whenever you or your opponent spends CP to do a stratagem, like before, you roll the amount of dice equal to the CP. On a roll of six, you get a command point back. Okay. It's really good for regening. Relic? It's still the writ of the living muse. So um, all your friendly, um, all of your friendly cabal um, get reroll ones to wound. And that also passes over to uh, the Blades of Hire in the Real Space Raiders, which means that units like Incubi, Scourges, Mandrakes, re-rolling ones to hit and ones to wound now. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And then possibly the biggest change to that codex is the stratagem. Agents of Vect. Agents of Vect previously was a four command point stratagem where whenever your opponent played a stratagem, you roll a dice on a one, nothing happens. On a two to five, that stratagem is cancelled and their CP is refunded. On a roll of a six, it's cancelled and they lose the CP spent. Yeah, and this was incredibly frustrating when you're playing against Drakari is that you know that some armies really rely on that stratagem. Oh, massive. And it just, just completely, it's just so obnoxious, especially yeah. when you roll a six. Not only do I have to spend my CPs, and then also you can start to refund them. Yeah. It was a bit crazy. I really like the change. So what is the new stratagem? Look, so the new stratagem is a zero CP cost. Okay. Once per game, when your opponent does a stratagem, like before, you play this one, and it increases the CP cost of that stratagem for the rest of the game. Okay. And that's it. So for example, let's say I've got transhuman. Yep. Really typical stratagem for space marines. And normally it costs one CP if yep. it's for five models or less. 
that would now cost two CPs every single time they play that for the yeah. rest of the game. And if obviously it's, um, you know, more than a five man unit, it would go up to three CPs. Yeah. So this is such a powerful stratagem. And in the right hands, um, you can just bleed your opponent dry of their CPs, mm. which is much better because then as your opponent, I don't feel so penalized. Yes, it's a buff your army gets, but all of a sudden it's not this obnoxious thing you're going to play every single turn, which completely takes my army off the table. Yeah, and if it's a stratagem that you know your opponent's army relies heavily on it doesn't stop them from playing it it just makes them question whether they should be playing it or not yeah and that's yeah. exactly kind of what you want yeah, yeah nice okay cool so what are some of the other cabals and just quickly mm. riz through what they do so you've got poison tongue which gives you um plus one on your your poison which is really really strong uh so um it's sort of a four plus wounding on a three plus. Yep. So, you know, you're going to get an yeah. extra 80% chance to yeah. wound for most of those cabals. Yep. Yeah. And then the second one, uh, most common one is the Obsidian Rose, where they they add six inches to the range of their assault and rapid fire weapons. Yep. Which is really good because obviously cabals normally rely on things like gunboats or raiders and venoms flying around. And you also get a reroll to wound as well. Yeah. So that can be quite clutch as well. So if you run an MSU for those vehicles that aren't going to be getting the core keyword because yeah. things like Ravagers now don't have core, no. so they're not going to get any rerolls unless you've gone for um, Obsidian Rose. Mm. Okay, so then we've also got the Cabal of the Flayed Skull. So what do they do? They add two to the move craft characteristic of vehicles. So it means that your Venom's moving 18 inches a turn and your Raiders are moving 16 inches a turn. And you um, you get a plus one to hit when you're shooting against units with the fly keyword. Yeah. Or plus two against units that have the flyer keyword. Mm -hmm. So it means that you're consistently always getting that plus one when yeah. you're shooting. And that Cabal I was noticing earlier, the one where you get the plus one to the poison, yep. they have an awesome strategy and one of my favourites. Yep. Um, you can redeploy three units. Yep. So obviously, if that's the Flayed Skull units, you can redeploy, you can make your Venoms yep. or your Raiders, um, Flayed Skull, and then obviously yep. what you can do is redeploy those and they could have in 30 Incubi. So not only yep. are you redeploying those because now with your mercenaries and your witches, yep. they can go on any transport, can't they? They yep. can sort of mix and match, which is awesome. So then your Raiders, your Venoms, and obviously all of that, you designate yep. a Cabal. Okay, cool. Now I want to give a shout out to one of the custom um, Cabals. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So this is one in which again, you know, like all the other books you pick two, some of them, though, are what you call all-inclusive, and they'll basically, if you yeah. pick this one, you have to, you know, you only get that one. But this one you can double up with another, and it's called The Dark Mirth. I think they should have called it The Dark Troll. Yeah, it's it's the most, it'd be the most infuriating thing to play against. Yeah. yeah. So anytime yeah. you move a unit, one of your units, within 12 of mine, or you fall back or advance or make a charge, yeah. on a 5+, plus you take a mortal wound every time. And if you're against another army that relies on like MSU units, like... Just have a mortal wound, yeah. have a mortal wound. And, oh, this would be... Um, I can't see myself running it. Maybe no. it's a, just a bit of a lull, but um, I think what an absolute troll of a um, cabal yeah. that is. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's not an ability that you can rely upon, but if you, if, if you're, if you really want to infuriate someone, yeah, that's, that's what you one. take. Okay, cool. So let's go over now to the witches. Yeah, my favourites. So my personal favourite, and the one I've run before, and I'm probably going to continue to run it all the time, is the Cult of Strife. Okay, so what does that do? 
So the Cult of Strife, you get plus one to charge if you are charging a unit that's not in engagement range. It's okay. really, really strong. And then its other ability, its new ability, because it's lost the plus one attack, its new ability, which I think is actually better, is when you start the combat phase in engagement range with an enemy unit, you get the fights first. Right, so your unit always fights first. Yeah. Brilliant. It's really, really strong. Yeah, it's really good. And obviously there's lots more like um, stopping things from fight last or making you fight last, which means if somebody makes your unit fight last, they Mm. basically cancel each other out. Yeah. So then it will go down to whoever's turn it is. Mm. Um, Obviously, if both units, depending on... And and there's just so many different interactions there where this can come up and just make your witches fight before your opponent. Yeah. Or it essentially gives you the ability to interrupt the combat for free. uh, So you're not spending those two CPs, which means that... Um, you're going to get those, not only a cheaper way of running your army because you won't be so costly on the CP front, but also means that those witches can fight first um, before your opponent because witches do not like taking a punch. Now, have they had any increased witches to their, any of their profiles or are we going to cover that in a bit? Um, they they don't increase witches' abilities here. We can, we can go on to the witches in a bit because I really want to talk of them. But Cult of Strife's um, now got a stratagem, which is two command points, yep. allows a witch unit, so it has to be a unit of actual witches, yep. to fight again. Wow. Yeah. Two CPs fight again. Two CPs fight again. It's the only fight twice stratagem in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are really, really good at, at just killing stuff lots. Yeah. In the, with just an absolute boatload and volume of attacks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So the, um, anything else in terms of to know about Cult of Strife people need to know about? Uh, Cult of Strife um, has a, a decent Warlord trait, uh, which obviously Lilith gets, and we'll talk about it a bit, but it means that on a roll of a six to hit, you get an additional two hits. So nice. it's like Tesla, basically, in combat. Okay, yeah. cool. And then Cult of the Cursed Blade. Cult of the Cursed Blade is really, really strong. Uh, all witches get plus one strength, so it means that you strength four, so if you're going into a marine meta, you hit, you win, you're you're wounding on fours instead of fives, which is really strong. Or if you're going up against lots of Tau or Guard, you're wounding on threes, which is really good for them. But they've got another ability now, which I think is brilliant. On a six, if you if you make a save roll of a six plus, yeah, um, it's an unmodified six actually. And this is in combat only, though. This is in combat only on a on an unmodified six to save the attacking unit suffers more wound. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I that's. That's really, really good. Uh, we're not seeing a horde meta at the moment, yeah. but if you if in your local area, lots of people are doing that, it's a really strong cult to take. Yeah, absolutely. You just yeah. roll those dice and then, you yeah. know, absolutely brilliant. If they're putting in 30 attacks, some are going to be saves on that four plus and vulnerable save that you're going to get in combat. Yeah. Obviously, any of those sixes, you're going to bounce back some mortal wounds. So yeah. um, if they put 40 wounds or 30 wounds on you, the only thing you'd have to do here is obviously roll them out one by one yeah. because you would have to stop rolling saves as soon as you've lost your last model. Yeah, because you don't want to be getting three mortal wounds off on someone. Yeah, because you wouldn't carry on saving. And this is something people might get wrong in terms of speed rolling. Yeah. If you're playing against Witch Cult, ask your opponent to roll them out separately because otherwise they need to roll saves for how many models they have because anything that kills the last model if you're just speed rolling you might end up doing an extra six or seven mortal wounds back to your unit which they wouldn't be getting so just make them you know if you put 10 wounds on make them roll 10 dice they should five should die then roll another five dice Mm -hmm. 
and so on and so forth until you're whittling down that last witch and then count up how many sixes there are and that's how many mortal wounds. So, yeah, okay, cool. And um, and their war- the warlord trait for them increases that to a four plus. Okay. On a, so on a succubus, so it's 50-50 chance you're going to do it. So she can put out quite a few more wounds on your enemies. Nice. Yeah. And then the last one is Cult of Red Grief. Um, they get to re-roll charges. So you're advancing and charging as of turn two and re-rolling those charges. It means you're going to get really consistent charges off with them. Yep. And you add plus two to your advance rolls with them. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. So you're basically going a minimum, and this is really good for you know more competitive players where you want to look at what your averages are yeah. um, and you want that consistent reliability and knowing that your advance roll is always going to be a three as a minimum. Yeah. So your witch move is eight. eight. Yeah. So let's just quickly look at this. You can get out of a transport three inches. Yeah. You can then move eight. So you're up to 11. 11. And then you're going to be getting a minimum three. Yep. So you're up to 14 inch move mm-hmm. and then you're charging. Obviously, if you roll anything higher than um, yeah. that, then great. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, if you roll a six, you're going to be advancing eight inches, which is huge. Yeah. yeah. And if and witches have kept combat drugs as well, which is an important thing to go over quickly. So like before, um, you for each of your witch units on the table, you can pick a combat drug for them. And this is either plus one attack, plus one strength, plus one um, toughness. Uh, plus one uh, to your leadership, uh, plus two to your movement. Wow. So it means... And this is different because you just... Before, you had to go through all of them, didn't you? Yeah. But now you can literally pick any. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, so before you had to... You could pick them, but you had to pick a different one for each witch unit, and then you could roll for it, or you could roll for it, and obviously if you rolled the same, you could keep it. Now, you just pick whatever you want. Right, so these witches could be then moving 10 inches yeah so red grief witches are going to be absolutely rapid across the table they're going to be really difficult to pin down they're going to be very fast yeah and i really like that for speed of play you can just say look my entire army all my witches are going to get plus two move or that you know whatever it might be that plus one attack or strength or something you can just say look this is my army wide um brilliant i think that's great any other cults that you want to give a shout out um, to in terms of the customs? I really like the acrobatic display one, which allows you to pile in and consolidate over enemy models. And through them. And through them, yeah. Hmm. So um, it means that you can leapfrog kind of screens. So you can charge into a screen and then pile in over the top of it. And that which kind of gets you a little bit of free movement, which means that you're a lot harder to move block. Yeah, or what you can do is um, wrap units much easier as well. Yeah. And you get multiple wraps off. And obviously, witches have still got the shard net that can keep models yeah. from falling back. But, you know, if you can get a good wrap on as well, then it does. it's not even coming down to a no. roll-off. So, yeah, I did look at that one, and I thought, yeah, that's quite a nice one yeah. that could come up quite often. Yeah. Okay, so let's have a little look at the homunculan covens. But before we cover these, homunculan covens, they get an ability, yeah. don't they? And what is their main ability? So their main ability for the homunculus covens is that everyone gets a 5-plus feel-no-pain. And you're going to see this on your data sheet as... Yeah insensible insensible to, to pain insensible called. to pain yeah. yeah and and this is really really big because obviously in the old book um everyone in your army got a six plus feel no pain and that was it whereas now it's dedicated to the covens but it's increasing it's a lot better yeah so, so five plus all over every single coven yeah. model okay cool so let's have a little look at these covens in a bit more detail yeah. so you've got the prophets of flesh what do they now do because they've changed oh, it's so good 
Yeah, so I good. really like this change from a point of the army I don't feel like is uh, so obnoxious to no. kill. Um, it's just really infuriating when, when, when an army just has completely army-wide four-plus and vulnerable save. That yeah. feels like it's impossible to get through because uh, on a four-plus and vulnerable save, rolls can really spike yeah. and it can really throw off what you're expecting. I really like this change. So what is or what do the Prophets of Flesh so, now get? So you've got two abilities. You've got the little one, which is monsters and characters in the command phase regain a wound. Okay. So it's nice and simple. But the, the second ability, and this is ridiculously good it's basically if you're a spaceman player transhuman across the board so you cannot wound any of the coven's units on a one two or a three um if you're shooting them with a weapon that's strength eight or less wow that is mental semino space ring players are you know paying cps every single turn for this you get it army wide And it's just going to make a really durable, resistant kind of base of models, isn't it? This army is not dying. Like one of the new abilities that the uh, homunculus have is they can heal monsters and grotesques D3 wounds a turn. Okay. Which is something that they kind of needed in the past. So They really act like a homunculus now, which is cool. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to be an immovable blob that just moves around the table. And any warlord traits or relics that you think are worth a shout out at this point? Uh, the Vexator Mask is still here, okay. which is really good, which means that the wearer cannot be overwatched on. And he picks a unit within three inches now, not six, but it doesn't really matter. Three inches and they fight last. Okay, cool. Yeah. Brilliant. So again, how this would work, guys, if you charge him in, yeah. um, or if you are charged, you can heroically intervene, make your opponent who's charged fight last. Yeah. And that basically means you would fight before them because your fight last cancels out their charging benefits. Yeah. And then because you are the player who is whose non-turn it is, yeah. you would get to swing first, um, which is incredible. So um, that's Awesome. Um, and then their stratagem worth noting? It's it's okay. Um, it basically allows a unit of uh, Prophets of Flesh infantry uh, to re-roll to wound. So on those grotesques is nice, yeah. Yeah, and um, if you're running, because now you can run big units of 20 racks. Yeah. Um, like you can make a real horde of them kind of going around and doing a bit of damage. Quite nice. Yeah. I really like grotesques. They're one of my standout yeah. units. So um, I think that could be a good way to go. Okay, next coven is the Dark Creed. Yeah, and they're, they're basically, they reduce your opponent's leadership by one. Okay. Is, is there, they're a bit more of a technical kind of, arm. like they're, all of their abilities um, force your opponent's leadership down. So if you kill one, you can get them into positions where they're like minus two, minus three on their leadership. And then what's their second ability? Um, and their second ability is um, when you make a melee attack, um, on a unit. So if your if your leadership exceeds your opponents, you get plus one to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. again is nice because you're not going to get plus one to hit until turn three normally. No. So this means that, you know, you can go in there. There's other ways to modify leadership in this book, which means you could probably get your, your opponent down to maybe minus three yeah. before you start swinging. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're getting that plus one to hit. So your Talos and Grotesques are hitting on twos. Yeah. That's brilliant. And I really like this style. I think it's a little bit more me in terms of all the covens. Um, What I really like is their warlord trait. Yep. And their warlord trait basically means within a a radius, I think it's nine inches. You have to roll 3d6 um, and from a unit within nine. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you roll 3d6, roll equal and over the leadership or is it just over? It's double check for me. 
Greater than your, your opponent's leadership. Greater than their opponent's leadership. And you can stop it from being obsec and also all of their actions fail. Yeah. So if they're trying to raise a banner or vital intel, whatever it is, you're yeah. stopping the action, which I think is gr- um, you know brilliant. And their stratagem is incredible. With a unit of Talos, I'm thinking, for three CPs on Talos, normally it's two CPs, but with unit yeah. of Talos, you can ignore the rules for lookout, sir. And Talos can go pack him with some heat now. Oh, yeah. um, so if you can start sniping out characters with Talos, I think that's a really strong um, way yeah. to go with this army. So I do like the Dark Creed. Um, they're probably one of my favourites. I'm not so much in- into like durable armies. Yeah. I like armies with some tricks. And I think for me, that's one that definitely has it. Yeah. So next up, we've got the Coven of the Twelve, is it? Yeah. Um, when you make a close combat attack, uh, you increase your armor penetration by one. Nice. Yeah. Which means that your Rex now uh, are minus one in combat. Yeah, but your grotesques are going to be minus three. Yep. Which is great. Um, you're going to take, you know, Marine straight to that six plus. Yep. Cool. And the other one is you can still perform an action and shoot. Okay. So Rex have got access to some like decent guns, like some sniper variants and lots of flamers. So it means they can kind of go in, do an action and then clear out an area. Not huge, but I think you're probably taking mm. it for the other ability, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. The extra AP. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's quite good. Any other things worthy to know? Any covens you want to talk about? I'm going to talk about one that sees a lot of a lot of play at the moment, and that is Dark Technomancers. Okay, how has that so changed? It's an all-consuming ability now, so it means that you cannot pair it up with another Coven trait. You're all in. You're all in on this one. And on a roll of a... So you could choose one or all of your weapons, and you roll to shoot. If you roll a one, you take a mortal wound at the end of the shooting. Or if you're a vehicle, you take D3. Yeah, which is a big change. Yeah. But you still get the plus one to wound and you get the plus one damage. Yeah. So you're going to be doing a lot of damage, but like you probably won't take it on the the venom spam that we're seeing at the moment because it could be two turns and you've killed all your own venoms. Yeah. Yeah. You're there because they've only got, you know, select amount of wounds. So you're just not going to risk it, I don't think. Uh, But you could be clutch in some other instances. Um, I don't really like anything that hurts my own army so much. Um, I would rather, you know, just to be able to do other aspects and just not... I mean, obviously, it's a you can choose to, which is cool. It's not like you always have to take it. Uh, But yeah, okay, like it. I think it's good to and worthy of note. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about before we move on is you can upgrade characters, can't you? You can, yes. And we're going to talk about how to upgrade characters after this break. Today's show is sponsored by Foreground Publishing. Premium pre-painted MDF terrain, perfect for your Warhammer 40k 9th edition games, as seen on the Vanguard Tactics stream and battle reports. Just unbox, build and play. And to order your set of terrain, just head over to www.foregroundpublishing.co.uk. This podcast is sponsored by C-Studios, the leading commission painting service for tabletop miniatures. From placing your order, seeing the work in progress and receiving your stunning new models, Siege Studios delivers an incredible service and experience. One of the most exciting days I can ensure you is receiving that parcel at the door and unwrapping the best gift ever. To find out more about getting your army commissioned painted by the professionals, check out www.siegestudios.co.uk. So Joe, tell us how do we upgrade characters and what upgrades can you take? So you can upgrade uh, one Archon, one Succubus and one Homunculus and they all become masters. 
Um, much like how you would upgrade Space Marine like chapter, like command units. Um, so you can pay 15 points for the Archon and the the, the Witch um, Succubus, or you can spend 20 points for the homunculus. And can you have a master of, can you upgrade all of them? You can upgrade all three of them. But you can't have duplicates. You can't have duplicates, no. And what do you get for being a master? You get an ability, don't you? So you get access to a new ability, a new warlord trait, and a new relic. Okay, Yeah. nice. So let's quickly cover these. What do you get for being a master of the Cabal? So master of the Cabal, uh, he gets a once per game fight twice free ability. Um, this one really turns him into a bit of a close combat monster, really. In S clutch, when yeah. you just know you can fight twice, that's an extra pile in, yeah. extra consolidation. Well, awesome. Yeah, if you want to clear off like one model, yeah. you need to get rid of him, just throw it in, no CP spent. Yeah. He's got a, a Warlord trait, which gives it plus one damage in combat. Cool. Which is really, really nice. And he gets the Soul Helm, where when your opponent uh, is attacking you, you're minus one to be hit. Okay. So, And he gets a five plus feel no pain. Right, so making him a lot more survivable yeah. then as well. Good. Yeah. Right, so Master of the Witches then. So the Master of the Witches, um, this is the ability that Lilith gets. It means that when you consolidate, you consolidate an additional three inches and it can be in any direction. It doesn't have to be towards the nearest enemy unit. Yeah, yeah, this really nice. So you're basically consolidating six inches. Yeah. So how this can play on the tabletop is, you know, you can swing, you can sort of push that character out a little bit, swing, and then consolidate six inches backwards yep. behind your own lines so that you're getting t- or taking advantage of that, um, you know, lookout sir yeah. rule. Cool. Yeah. Any worthy uh, relic or war trait to talk about? She gets a relic uh, on on her glaive. Um, it's a mi- it's plus two strength, minus four, two damage, but on a roll of a six to wound, it ignores invulnerable saves. That's good, yeah. yeah okay. It's really nice. It's a nice little ability for her. And Master of Homunculus. The Master Homunculus, uh, he has a great new ability where on a two plus, he stands back up again if he dies. Once per game? Once per game can be really clutch. Um, it, depending on how you use your, your Homunculus, if you're using him as a buffing character to heal... Um, stuff in the background, not so much. But if you're pushing him forward, being aggressive with him, um, he's quite useful. Maybe with that Vaxator mask, which is an absolute yeah. standout relic, yeah, keeping him alive a little bit longer. Yeah. Anything to really note there in terms of Warlord traits or relics? Um, he can return D3 racks back to a unit with his Warlord trait. Nice. That's good. Yeah. So if you're running lots of like horde on them, um, keeps your units alive for a bit longer. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, cool. Okay. So up next, we're going to talk about some of the top Warlord traits. Yep. Okay, Joe, so what are the Warlord traits that you can get access to? There's three for Cabal, three for Witches, three for Monculus Coven, yep. and then obviously each of the Covens in that we spoke about earlier, they also have one Warlord trait and one Relic for each of those to pick from as well. So what yep. are the Cabal Warlord traits? These are the g- generic ones, These yeah? are generic ones. So the first one is Eternal Hatred. That allows your Warlord to reroll to hit and wound. Nice. It's really good. It's also Drazar's one as well. So, and then you've got the Soul Thirst. Increases his attacks by one. And uh, once per turn, when you kill an enemy unit in, or an enemy model in six inches, he regens a wound. Okay. And the last one, Ancient Evil, which is my favourite, you pick an enemy unit in engagement range and they fight last. Yeah, that's incredible, yeah. So yeah. There's so many ways to make um, units fight last in this yeah. book. We've got the Vexator Mask, we've got Ancient Evil. Yeah. 
Like it. Okay, then the Witch Cult Warlord Traits. Uh, Quicksilver Fighter, plus two attacks. Yep. Stim Addict, you roll three dice when you pick your, doing your combat drugs, which means that she then gets three combat drugs. And then Precision Blows, um, on a roll of a six to wound, the damage becomes mortal wounds instead of, so it can pass through saves. Wow. Which is really, really nice. Yep. Uh, Homunculus Covens, you've got Master Regenist. Um, his regening wounds goes from D3 to flat free. Yep. It's really nice. Uh, Master Nementsin, um, he adds plus one to his wound roll okay. in combat. And the last one is Master Artisan, he adds plus one to his toughness and wounds characteristic. So in your opinion, what are the top warlord traits that you're picking? The top ones I'm going to be picking is Ancient Evil for my Archon making units fight last, really useful in a combat-based army. Yep. Uh, Witch Cults, I really like Quicksilver Fighter, giving a succubus plus two attacks, which puts her up to seven. And she's got um, the uh, really good Relic, which you can pair that with later. And then the Homunculus Coven's trait, I like Master Regenist to getting plus three wounds back every time. Yeah. Because um, it just means that my Talos are staying on the table for much longer. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Relic's up next then. My top relics uh, for this codex, uh, one we've already spoken about before, the Vexator Mask, picking unit to fight last, is incredibly strong. Uh, then Writ of the Living Muse, we've spoken about this again. Uh, Writ of the Living Muse, giving your core units within six inches, re-roll ones to wound. And that's your black heart, isn't that's it? That's your black yeah. heart, yeah. Cool. Uh, then you've got the Triptych Witch, which doubles up with the Quicksilver Fighter. Gives the Succubus plus three attacks, strength user, but it's poison two plus. Minus three, damage two. And can which succubuses get combat drugs? They can, so yes. They, so they can get a, an extra attack there? An extra attack off that. And you can then spend a command point to do a stratagem, uh, which doubles the ability from your combat drug, which means she gets another one on top. Crazy amount of attacks, yeah. It's huge amount. Absolute monster then in combat. Yeah. And then there's the Blood Glaive, which uh, replaces the Archetype Blade, uh, which is strength plus two, minus three AP, flat free damage. And that's for Red Grief. Nice. Um, so that's your, that's your elite unit killer. Yeah. And then you've got the Helm of Spite, which allows you to deny one power a turn as if you were a Psyker. Yeah. And that's pretty much the only way to deny in the book, isn't it? That's the only way to deny. But it's a good little one to have in the bank in case um, you're coming up an army that might be doing um, Psychic Secondaries. Am I right by saying if there is a way to deny it does something? Um, there is a, a stratagem where if um, your opponent... Perils is they take an additional D3 mortal wounds. Strong. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Very nice. Lovely. Yeah. And then it will be on to the top stratagems. Top stratagems then, Joe. What are they? Um, I really like, there's the Cruel Deception. It's back again. Uh, one command point. If you fall out of combat, you can charge again. If you Or you can pay two command points, which allows you to fall out of combat, shoot, and then charge. Yeah, so you get to pick either one. Yeah. So you get to, if you want one ability, it's yeah. one CP, but if you want both abilities, it's two. Yeah. Really, really clean. Love yeah. it. Lightning fast reflexes, which before um, has gone from two command points to one command point, because yeah. there's an abundance of minus one in the list, but also minus one isn't as important as it used to be. Yeah. And then fire and And that's minus one to hit, by the way. That's so that's, that CP has now changed. It's yeah. one cheaper. But this next one, fire and fade, where you get to move a unit seven inches yeah. after it's fired, um, used to be one CP and it's now two CPs. It, it's, it's gone up, but justifiably. Yeah. Once the minus one to be hit changed in um, the previous rules because they could only have a maximum of minus one. Um, 
like I was using the CP every turn to fire and fade because it gets you into those table quarters. It gets you into your post deployment zone. It just gets you into cover. You just can't charge after it though. No. Okay, cool. Right. What other stratagems are top dogs? Um, there's one called Murderous Descent. It's a new one, but it means that when a transport uh, deep strikes onto the table, you can disembark. That's good. Yeah. Um, really it, it means that you can get extra models in your opponent's deployment zone, or if you want to have multiple units in a transport, it's going to save you a lot of command points on putting units into outflank as well. Very nice. Which is really nice. And murderous descent there. Yeah. Obviously, one CP. You do this after the reinforcement step. Yeah. And then any models that do disembark do also have to be over nine inches yeah. away. They can't. You know, you can't use this, come down nine, disembark, you know, yeah. come out three inches. Um, so you do also have to be nine. It's not a cheap way or yeah. a, a cheap way of getting within six. No, yeah. it, think of it like turning your raiders and your venoms into drop pods. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's a new nice utility stratagem called swift outflanking. Um, at the end of the movement phase, a, a transport that's within uh, nine inches of the table edge can be removed from the table and be put into outflank. Yeah. And be returned the next phase. So if you've got a transport full of like precious cargo that you need to keep alive, um, you can just get them out of dodge really quickly. Or if you're doing something like engaging on fronts or scramblers, you can double it up with the um, murderous descent. So you can get a unit of troops onto the other side of the table really quickly for the next turn, disembark, put up your... Yeah, because you can come on within six. Yeah. And then you can disembark three. Yeah. So actually you can get nine inches from the table edge and you might be then within three inches of an objective. Yeah. So it could be a really good way of just, you know, putting that unit on and stealing it for a couple of CP cost. Yeah, yeah. very clutch. And again, in the right hand is going to be awesome. Right, yeah. next stratagem. What the we, next one. There's just so many. There's so many really, really good ones. And um, my new one of my new favourite stratagems yeah. in this entire book is called Deadly Rivals. So if you have a unit of Hellions and a unit of Reaver jet bikes within 12 inches at the start of the turn, you play the stratagem and both units get plus one to their movement and they get to re-roll to hit in combat. Quality. Yeah, and they don't even have to charge the same units. They can go their separate ways across the table and to go for their perfect targets. Yep. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, and it just gets a lot of use out of those units. Any more? Oh, um... There's a, a, a useful toolbox stratagem called Hunt from the Shadows, where if you're getting the benefits of of light cover, you get uh, plus one to your save on top. Nice. And again, that's great for things like your Incubi, which yeah. have already got quite a good save anyway. Yeah. Cool. Nice. And then they're still the same sort of um, ones that we've seen in the past yep. with like uh, Screaming Jets, the yep. Webway. They're all there in their own different little ways. Oh, so, yeah, they're, um, they're all still there. So you can get, give all three of your characters uh, Warlord traits through the Alliance of Agony. So obviously your your Archon still has to be your Warlord, but then obviously the Succubus and the Homunculus can get those. But it doesn't in, include name characters. And uh, there's also another one command point stratagem which allows you to give one other character uh, a warlord trait. So if you're running two archons, for instance. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then any other sort of stratagems in there that, you know, maybe for those coven players that are, you know, a good pick for them? Uh, there's one which allows you to reroll to wounds okay. in combat, which is really, really nice. Uh, it's called uh, the Torturer's Craft. Uh, it's one CP if it's on a unit of racks, and it's two CP if it's on a unit of grotesques or uh, Talos, cool. because obviously their damage output is so much higher. Yeah, it's it's a it's really really worth it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, it's a brilliant strategy. Mm. Nice, cool. Yeah. Right. So, what's next? So next up, we're on to our top units. Do you want to go first? 
I can do. Go on. I you pick do. one, I'll go one. All right then. So my my big winner for this for this codex, and they, they didn't receive much love in the last book, and that is Hellions. Oh. Massive improvement. Okay. Infantry. Infantry, jump, 12-inch movement. They're now toughness four. They've now got two wounds. So extra toughness, yep. extra wound, and then what's their damage output like? So they've got three attacks. They've got combat drugs, so you can bump them up to four. They get um, minus one AP on their weapons and their damage too. There's one thing, actually, we haven't spoken about. Cool. Kind of passed over at the beginning. There's a new special rule. A new one. Another new special rule um, called Blade Artists. We didn't cover this. This is really important for witches and for the Hellions. The whole Dakari army has it, and this includes vehicles, on the roll of a six to wound increases the AP of your weapon by one. Right. Okay. Yeah. So going into the important units, this is quite important because Hellions means they put out a whole load of attacks, and for every six you roll, minus two AP, which makes them really, really efficient versus Space Marines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything with two wounds, they're going to carve through. And obviously in all the games that we've played, they, it does pop up a lot. Yeah. It really does. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go with some sort of, you know, out there picks. Oh, really? Yeah. I really like the Beastmaster. He is actually really good. So the Beastmaster now, for me, um, I just really like good utility piece. Yeah. Um, beasts are... So Drakari, funny you should actually know this. This was Drakari were my first ever army I ever bought for 40k. Really? Yeah. Well, they were the weird, like, podgy, pointy models, like, yeah. from back in the day. Yeah, Metal Witches, the lot. Yeah. Um, and I used to have a pack of the Beasts. Yep. Okay. And I used to have the Beastmaster. But I really like him with the Clawn Fiends, is it? Yep. Strength and Toughness 5 now. Yeah, they've got a boatload of attacks, five attacks base, yeah. Toughness 5, four or five wounds. Yeah. Uh, it's 25 points a model. They move 10. But the Beastmaster gives them reroll ones to hit and also advance in charge. It's incredible. You know, it's good. And I think for, for me, having this unit at the back, I can take up to six of these models. And yeah. as soon as I lose a wound on the unit, I get an additional attack per model. Yeah. So the unit could be putting out 36 attacks and I could just have this, you know, block of um, really yeah. tough, you know, multiple wounds in a unit and in the back, good mobility. And I could actually really see this pairing with one of my other favorite units which I'm going to cover next. Yeah. So go on, you go. My next one is my favourite character in this entire book. It's getting a new model, and that is Lifesbrex. And see, I mean, I'm just going to say this right now. The salt has been real. For some reason, ever since I've played Drakari... Not with you, yeah. the salt isn't real, but in with some Drakari players from some of the um, things that I've seen, I've yeah. just been looking at it, literally crying, yeah. because when Games Workshop released some of the stats here, they just went mental. And this character, I'm going to say it, is an auto-include. Yes. She is that good. Yeah, and because they didn't release all the rules, everyone was like, doomsaying, she's terrible, you've broken her, she's like the worst thing ever now, you're never <laughs> going to see her on the table... My God, she is good. And and I've always kind of been obnoxiously good when it comes to rolling her in vulnerable saves. So she kind of sticks around on the table. But now she is... How many attacks does she get base? Seven attacks base. Yeah. And she is incredible for mm. one reason. Yeah. And that one reason... Well, there's two reasons why she's incredible. Mm. Aside from her just 
boatload of attacks that you get. Yeah, so very quickly, I'll go over very quickly. Go so on. she's strength four, minus three, one damage and on her daggers, and the daggers have a special roll on the roll of a six to hit. You generate an extra attack. So if you've got the warlord trait, for every six to hit, she's generating an extra three attacks. Yeah. And if you're fighting a character, she still has the special role to re-roll hits and wounds. So you just fish in for sixes the yeah. whole time. You just pick them all up. Whichever one is, wasn't a six, you re-roll them. Yeah. Even your hits, you re-roll them into sixes. Yeah. So you're just going to get so many attacks. Re-rolling your wounds, brilliant. She gets a very important special ability. And yeah. obviously she can, like she is a master of witches. Yeah. So she also can consolidate an extra three inches in yeah. any direction, but she has one ability. And do you want to read it out? What happens when you kill a model, Joe? Oh, natural perfection yeah. is the rule. So in the command phase, you can pick one of two things. Until the end of the turn, this model is eligible, eligible to declare a charge in a turn in which it fell back or advanced. Very nice, yeah. That's fine. The new one, gory spectacle. In the fight phase of this turn, if this model destroys an enemy model, any enemy models, then at the end of that phase, it can fight again. Right, I'm just going to tell you how good this is. Yeah. Because it is absolutely monstrous, just unreal. So what can happen is you can charge her. Yep. Okay. And, or even if you don't charge her, if she heroically intervenes. Yep. But basically, if it's not your turn and if you didn't clear a charge, but you happen it some by some miraculous ability, like being charged or heroically intervening, to find yourself within engagement range, you can kill somebody. Yep. Just any model, doesn't matter kill the smallest one. Then what you do is you can consolidate six inches in any direction, go and tag something you really want to kill. Yep. And then fight again. And then what you can do is consolidate another six inches in another direction and maybe steal an objective off an opponent. Yeah. Or what you could do, and this for me, I think is a bit much, but we were playing this out the other day and I was like, right, so what we can do is we can move here, yep. fight, Consolidate six, and even if you've got nobody around, you consolidate another six inches because you can still activate again, yeah. providing you charged. Yeah. So again, it is just, that's the difference if you charge, but I think that's a little bit too strong and I would love to see that like toned down yeah. personally, but um, you know, maybe so you've, you have to have a model within an inch or something like we've seen with the assault intercessors, yeah. but she is so good for her points. Anyway, I think we spent too long on her. So my next unit. Yep. Grotesques. Quite and the reason why I like Grotesques, because again, got the Clawn Fiends, very similar sort of stat line. Yeah. Um, you know, they're packing, you know, minus two, two damage. And then with those stratagems that we spoke about earlier, either if you're going to get the inbuilt uh, transhuman, so you can't be wounded on a one to three with a five plus feel no pain. And they're going to be getting, you know, either a six plus, then a five plus and vulnerable save. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Um, boatload of attacks, up to six models in a unit. That's now changed, hasn't it? Because it used to be nine. Yeah. But for me, this unit with minus two, two damage and getting the ability to reroll wounds and also plus one to wound yeah. from different aspects in this book, really, really good unit for me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a real damage dealer and they, you could put five of them in a raider, kind of get them where they need to be yeah. real quick. I could definitely see myself running three units of five mm. in raiders. Yeah. yeah. My last unit. Okay. This is a real toolbox unit for the army. Again, didn't see it very often. I think now you're going to see one unit minimum in every Jakari army, and that is Mandrakes. Okay. What's special about Mandrakes? Now they can infiltrate. 
So you can deploy them anywhere in no man's land, anywhere on the table, nine inches away from your opponent's deployment zone in the deployment phase. Yeah. So they're a really good screening unit. Yeah, or just, you know, going on, deploying yeah. a scrambler, whatever it might be in that no man's land area, maybe, you know, just move blocking, awesome utility piece. And yeah. once per game, you can take them off the table. And then redeploy them the next turn yeah. anywhere on the table. So nine inches away. So they've kept their old ability, but it's one per, once per game. Yeah. It's really good. Really nice, yeah. These guys are going to be your scrambler kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I want to cover one more unit, and that is the Ravager, but Blackheart yep. and Dark Lances. So good. Because you're hitting on threes, so you're going to get three shots hitting on threes. Yeah. So averagely one misses. Well, luckily with Blackheart, you get to re-roll a dice. Yeah. So it's pretty much consistently three hits. And then with their new stat line, which the biggest problem for them was the inconsistency for me on the damage. But now they're um, three plus D3 damage. Three plus D3 damage, strength eight minus four. Yeah. So you get those wounds through. Anything that doesn't have an invulnerable save isn't getting a save. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Um, and one other thing I want to talk about as well is Venoms. Mm. Raiders they have an extra capacity now in their boats. Yeah. So Raiders are now 11 yep. and Venoms are now six, which is brilliant as well. So anyway, what are your follow-up with the, your next top units? My next top units, I'm going to say Witches. Okay. Witches are back with a Vengeance now. Uh, they get three attacks base. They get plus one for their dagger. They've got Blade Artists and their daggers now have a minus one AP built in. Yeah. It's huge. And now they're advancing and charging is really powerful because you're getting, like we said, in your vehicles, disembarking three, moving 10, advancing and charging. Means you don't have to use the whole witch deep strike bomb anymore, which yeah. is really inconsistent. Yeah. Now every turn, they're exactly where they need to be. Yeah. And again, on the masterclass, we're going to go into a lot more detail of how you start to pair up, you know, grotesque with Talos and yeah. weapon loadouts and profiles. What, you know, and we're also going to cover on that masterclass is some of the weaknesses to this army yeah. and then how you can start to plug in different gaps to make sure you can start to really fulfill this out. Yeah. And then I think there's one more shout out you want to make, isn't it, to another unit? Incubi. Incubi, yeah. And obviously you've got Drazar, still awesome, does what exactly what he does at the moment. Yeah. Um, but his just cohesiveness with the Incubi is incredible. Yeah. So Incubi now, you've probably already seen some of their stat lines, yeah. but go over it. So just very quickly, they're now weapon skill two. Yeah. So they're always hitting really well. If you set to defend in a building and someone comes at you at a minus one, still hitting on twos. Yeah. Incredible. Then they're now strength five with their glaives at minus three flat two damage and then on the roll of a six to wound it goes up to three damage obviously because of the blade artist ability they're minus four so aggressors just cutting through them for days so basically when you roll a six you're minus four flat three damage yeah and this unit is so point efficient yeah um you've been running units of five and again yeah. you're going to go into that in your army review as well you see them in the battle report they are the most disgusting unit for damage output one of the most brutal units I've ever seen yeah. on the table. They're up there with the likes of Repentia, probably even better than Repentia now. And it, I'm going to say it, it's probably the combat unit out there at the moment, I think, yeah. with um, Drizar's inbuilt buff that he gives them yeah. as well. And now getting the rerolls from the Archon. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely disgusting unit. Yeah. And they can really pack way above their weight. Yeah. Um, and if you get this unit in the right place, you will just tear through anything. Mm. But they have... And then another rule. So 
They, <laughs> so they've changed a, an existing rule. So tormentors before you, if you roll, if your opponent rolled equal to their leadership, one extra model ran away. Now you roll two dice, and if you roll over your opponent's leadership, they fight last. Yeah, so you just cannot charge Incubi because no. there are other ways, like we've said before, that modify your leadership. So you can pretty much get this off on a much more reliable basis. And it is just so obnoxious to play into because yeah. you cannot charge them. Yeah, because we played a game the other day and I thought, well, you've got loads of infiltrating units. If I just put these in buildings on the line, you're not coming near me. I'm not going to risk it. No. Because if you make me fight last, you pick up my unit. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to let that go down to a dice roll. Mm. So they are incredibly powerful. And uh, obviously, um, these are things that like, I love Games Workshop when they yeah. go, hey guys, have a little snippet. Yeah. And everybody goes mental about how bad it is. But guys, please, please wait for the codex. Yeah. Wait to see everything. And then like we teach all of our students on the academy, mm. you bring it all together. Yeah. You justify every single piece of that puzzle yeah. and you bring it all together. And all of a sudden it is just harmony. Yeah. You can't just look at a snippet and go, that's terrible. Or that's great. Yeah. You need to bring it all together. And that rule in particular makes that unit just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so imagine having just three Judases running around the table as, you know, a yeah. really solid uh, unit that can really, you know, go up to a 10-man unit. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, yeah. there's the, the, the interjoining abilities between, and the cohesion between different units, different characters in this army is... Yeah. I don't know how Games Workshop has done it, but it's it's perfect. It's beautiful. And again, we're going to yeah. cover this on that masterclass but, as well. Yeah, it's but it's got to consider. It's still not a pick up and win no. list. It like when I started playing Drakari, I lost a lot. You did. I probably lost like my first 20, 30 games. Yeah. But then after just consistent playing, getting the reps in, just one day it just just clicked, and then I mean I've been taking a hammering lately. Yeah. Like I just at the moment like. I'm I'm not I'm not the best Drakari player in the world, but I think I can go toe to toe with some pretty decent players now. Well, you're going toe to toe with me every week, and you're yeah. absolutely smashing me with this list. So um, I'm sick of it. Okay, I'm sick of it. It needs a nerf. Yeah, <laughs> straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I he saw the rules. He's like, I'm calling Gaze Workshop. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is not acceptable. This is too good. No, honestly, it's really it's a fantastic book, yeah. um, and it's not easy to play. It's going to take some. Yeah. And the great thing about it is going to really open up some great variety. Yeah. Um, and on that masterclass, we're going to cover in a lot more detail how some of the secondaries work as well, yeah. uh, because there are new secondaries in this book. Um, just give us your top favourite one though. My favourite one is Take Them Alive. Go on. One point for killing an enemy unit in combat. Wow. If you kill a character or a monster, it's three points. That is it's, disgusting. It's just it's just kill points for days. It's horrific because yeah. that's what your army wants to do is fight in combat. It's not a yeah. shooty army. There's elements of shooty in this list just to sort of yeah. maybe uh, like a scalpel. Yeah. Like, okay, I need to pop that transport. That's yeah. where those, you know, I yeah. think that's where those disintegrators, oh, sorry, dark lances come in yeah. on that Ravager, pop that Rhino, kill its goods inside. Because yeah. this is an army that needs to strike extremely quickly from turn two onwards. It's going to be very fast, very mobile. Mm. It needs to change the game state. It needs to control the tempo of the game. Yeah. And actually, this is a very late game scoring army. 
because your buffs are going to get better and better and better with your army. And I think this is one that you need to make sure that you're keeping on the table for as long as you can, because your army sits and gets better. Yeah. It's like the stackable rules Hmm. are crazy. And if you throw your army away too quickly, turn one, you're just going to lose most of that power output Mm -hmm. and it's really going to build up and you feel that momentum and you just watch this Drakari army just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And as you're, for me, when I'm playing against Drakari, what I'm looking to do all the time is I'm trying to move block. I'm trying to, you know, make sure I'm presenting small threats. I'm having to screen all the time. Screening against Drakari is the biggest way. And probably in another podcast, we'll go into more detail how you actually beat this army because it is, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out here. I'm only putting a few pieces together, but I haven't, I can't, say with enough dignity this is how you beat it because yeah. Joe is literally smashing me most weeks now yeah. on this list. And it's like and it's not just like like every build does a similar thing. I did the real space raid detachment and then I ran the witch cult and it's like an entirely different animal. Yeah. It was just all over the place doing this crazy stuff. And I was when I was playing it it's like I, I don't know how to deal with all this information. Yeah. And there is a lot to take in, especially, yeah. and I think what Joe's referring to there is obviously when you played Witch Cult from yeah. the new book for the Armour of Rust as well. Yeah. So um, again, we just want to say a massive thank you to all of you guys that listen. Um, a huge thank you to Games Workshop for allowing us not only to be playtesters, but also be previewers of this content. And hopefully yeah. we can continue to give you guys that sort of cutting edge, latest information that's going to really help you at the tabletop. So there's a huge amount to be excited for. Look, if you're if you're not a Drakari Codex, uh, sorry, if you're not a Drakari player, yeah. pick up this Codex because you are not going to be disappointed. And I can imagine yeah. so many people are going to start playing Drakari after they read yeah. this book. And and if you don't play it, you need to know what it does. You do. You yeah. need to be prepared um, yeah. to deal with its shenanigans. Yeah, and again, um, we've obviously mentioned it a few times. That masterclass is completely for free. Um, and check it out because we're going to go over so much more in terms of, you know, what its weaknesses are. Yeah. And then again, this is how you can start to exploit them on the table. We've got deployment videos out there for you now. We've got army reviews and obviously that battle report. So remember, if you like the show, please let us know. Uh, comment below if you're watching on YouTube with, you know, what you found most yep. useful. And comment below if you're excited about, you know, whether you're a Drakari player picking up the Codex um, or you are a, you know, you're not a Drakari player, mm. but you're considering now playing Drakari. That would yeah. be really awesome to find out. Um, and obviously, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, please leave us a, you know, review. It really helps us grow. Um, you know, write whatever you like. Yeah. And again, until next week on the Competitive 40K podcast, we hope you have a very Drakari field week. <laughs>